You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. Now, me, they're still basking in the glory of last Saturday's All-Ireland Minor title, their first in almost 30 years. Coupled with the delayed 2020 Leinster Minor, the future looks brighter than it has done in many years in the Royal County. But what now needs to be done to ensure as many players as possible are brought through to under-20s and ultimately to senior level? To discuss, I'm joined by a member of Cahill Brick's successful backroom team, proud Mead man, and of course, proud Dunderry man as well, David Callan. David, thanks so much for taking the call. Before we look ahead, let's look back to last Saturday. It was an incredibly dramatic finale. I don't know if you're a calm presence on the side, but that must have really tested your nerves well first of all thanks very much for having me on David yeah uh, last Saturday was it's definitely one of the greatest days of my GA days and um, yeah it, I suppose we had Everton last Saturday we had um, every emotion in the last five minutes that you could physically have but in the end look at we just it, we had a lot of luck to get us across the line decisions went our way and probably in other experiences from other times, it would have went against you. So, yeah, no, it came good at the right time. And we felt that with these lads, the one thing they would have is that a lot of old me traits, which was never say die. And we would have seen that over the last couple of years with them. Is that something you can you can put into players or, or to generate? I remember years ago, Sean Boylan saying, I think it was after the fourth Dublin game, that basically you, you either have it or you haven't in terms of heart and desire and determination. Is that something that you can nurture or is it just something that's there or isn't there? Um, I'm, I, I don't rightly know. A lot of the guys that we had last week would have no experience of me being successful 25, 30 years ago and wouldn't have looked on anything like that in the past to think that mm. they should be standing into places like that. So I do think that a lot of them came in with great will to play for me. Uh, it was really, really encouraging from our side, maybe back four years ago when you see them coming in. The amount of people, the amount of players that came through our hands, I think at trials we had over 200 at one stage. Like, there was a huge desire to play for me. And when they got the chance, they really felt that they owed it to the jersey and, and they probably made it themselves and what way they were going to do things. Yeah, and like you've been with this group since since 2018, early 2018. Did you, I mean, I, I suppose nobody can, can predict what's going to happen, but did you have a, a strong sense with this group as the years went by that they could really do something special? Um, yeah, I, I would have felt at 15, we played in an Adam Mangan tournament down in, in um, Offaly. And we played Kerry Cork, um, good benchmark on where we're going. We would have played a couple of challenges before that. And the Mead players had, they were more superior than any of these other counties in many ways. And I just felt that there were a good batch that was coming. They were really, really keen on learning and improving the whole time. And we would have looked at them in their club matches and various things. And there were leaders among their club games as well. So I felt that, yeah, they were a good batch. Um, we had a good blend of 
Everton in them. Like normally when you look at a team and it's a platform and see where you're strong and where you're weak, you could be weak being forwards or you could midfield you'd say you'd like to be a bit stronger. But I felt that we had a lot of good players in the right positions that was willing to look do what had to be done on big days and, and, and on championship games and, and that's what I aspire to. One of the things I mentioned at the beginning there was that, you know, success that the 2020 minor team had their Leinster title. They were beaten by Derry, of course, eventual winners in the semi-final. Your crew went on and won the All-Ireland. But, you know, minor success is no guarantee, as we've seen with Kerry, of senior All-Irelands. But what can Meads do now to, to bring these players through? Because I know from speaking to various managers of underage teams over the years, they felt a lot of the time that that pathway wasn't really there and players were maybe slipping out of the system, if you wanted to call it that. But are you confident now that the, the, the right kind of pieces of the jigsaw are in place to make sure as many of these lads come through as possible I know there are a lot of variables when lads get to that age as well but are you kind of confident that we'll be able to sort of see as many of these lads come through and that the, as I say the, the things are in place for them to progress yeah well I suppose it's the million dollar question that I've been asked all week is what happens next uh, I suppose if you look back and it's neither after winning four out of the last Leinster minor championships which is, is, is very good and you'd like to think that the early championships that we have won in Leinster, them players are starting to come to the table now. Maybe not as many as we thought we had. Um, there was a setback as regards that we were getting it really right from 14 to 17. The 17 to 20-year-olds seems to be a setback. But mm. I believe there's a committee in place now looking after underage football, putting structures in place. And they're following guidelines and maybe following the benchmark of other counties and Limericks and Kilkenny's and Corks and that, that will give us something. And, and like every county goes through a barren spot. And you'd like to think that with the talent that's coming through in me now, it will be harnessed. Now, there's a lot of hard work to do in that as well. There's big decisions to make. I think policies have to come into play of what age and when, when players play different with different groups. Yeah. So there, it's not just straightforward. But the big thing that has to happen is they have to be developed at their age. Like a lot of the lads last week are 15 and 16 years of age. They can't be pushed and, and it, this shouldn't be fast-tracked. Yeah. Like when we won minor championships prior, it would have been 17 and 18-year-olds, which is a big difference. Mm. And these guys, like last Monday, was the biggest thing to me, they were all going back to school. Yeah. Some of them are doing their leaving and maybe transition years and that. So they're, they're young guys yet. But the clubs are doing a lot with these players as regards development, but at inter-county level, we do need to step up. Am I hopeful? I'd certainly be hopeful, and the murmurs I'm hearing, it does seem to be that things are going in the right play, right, right way, but we just don't know. Um, we haven't been, as regards the management group, we, we haven't been told about and, and up to date what's happening, but in the same respect, up until last Saturday, it was all about the games, it was all about the championship two days, so maybe in the next couple of weeks, things might start appear in what way these guys are going to be brought through. We mentioned there how long you've been with this group. Is that something that's really important as well? That that continuity of, of manager and, and setups that you're going with these guys all the way along. I suppose it's a it's a double-edged sword. If you have somebody in charge of a group that isn't really getting the best out of them and if they're with them all the way up, maybe that holds them back a little bit. But by and large, is it a positive thing that you're staying with this group the whole way up to, to minor level and you're obviously getting them over the line in the minor final? Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And I suppose the group that came before us, that John McCarthy was involved in, he had the 14 as well. And I believe next year's group is very good with Derek O'Brien. So I do think it's a very good strategy that Mead have. And uh, one thing about academies, you have to make sure you leave the net open to all times. Mm. Okay, so every year, 
we would have made it uh, that we open up trials to every player. We would have went after club games because some players maybe could slip through the net. And at that age, rugby, soccer, there's multiples happening and you want to keep everyone involved. And I remember a couple of our players who were maybe asked to play with big soccer clubs or rugby clubs, but we kept in contact with them. And I think that was essential. But I do think the manager from 14 to 17 or the coaching group from 14 to 17 is success. It doesn't necessarily mean that them players should be with that coaching group the whole way up. Because as a player, you should be always open to different strategies, different managers, mm. have a different opinion, a different view. So like, it, it has worked very well 14 to 17. And I think Meath is getting it really, really right. Uh, I think it's coming maybe from schools. I think it's coming from clubs that's in a lot better position. It's not just when they come into Dungani or Navan that this is happening. Like They're coming fairly well developed. The club scene is very competitive. There's good structures in place. And we would have seen a lot of that over the last four years. Just in terms of the, the gap that you mentioned earlier between the 17s and, and the 20s, let's say I'm a I'm a player on that team last week and I'm just out of minor, but I'm not maybe big enough or, or good enough just yet to play under 20s. What what will happen to those players in the next couple of years between between now and when they are ready to play under 20s? Like, Will they be kind of looked after and, and monitored? I appreciate this. We're not talking about a professional situation here, but I guess that's the key thing, isn't it? To keep these guys uh, involved in some shape or form so that they're ready to, to move into the 20s when the time comes around. Yes, definitely. I, I would say that, and even the players that's not going to make it this year or next year, and I would assume that four or five, maybe more of our players will step into the under-20s next year. But that leaves, we 41 last week uh, with us in Crow Park. That leaves 30-odd players out. Maybe then we throw out the net to them, maybe 15 to 20 to 25 players that were very close to our squad that didn't make it. And they all have to come in. And, and you have to assume that these late developers will come to it. What will happen to them, uh, it's hard to know. Um, there's no, there, there's nothing in place at the moment to say that to go tr- these players are going to be coming in to uh, do a development plan at the moment. But I'm led to believe that there is a plan that's going to be laid out over the next couple of weeks. They will go back and play adults with their club, which is going to be a big help. And it's mm. going to be a big help to their clubs. And I would have been involved with club teams over the last couple of years as well. And I would have felt that any guy that came out of the Mead Academy, I know in Dundry we had two or three of them involved, for their first year, there was great spark about them. We felt that they were coming in a really good place. But after that, they seemed to slow down. So the development of now at the academy is very good. But maintaining that 17 to 20. Um, it, it, the big thing that's going to have a play in this, David, is, is, is how willing our club's going to be. So And, how, and what, what contact that the development squads are going to get when they're involved with their adult clubs. Because adult managers will want their players there for league matches, championship games. And being part of a development squad that was going to have limited amount of games, it's that transition from club to development. It's, it's timing. It's making sure that there's no interruption with club. But at the same time, they're developing physically, mentally. Like I would have seen this year... Uh, more so what we've done is like we, we didn't get carried away with tactics or game plans but we uh, before every game we'd manage a bit of a strategy of what way we were looking at the opposition what way we'd have to go ourselves and the players really really embraced it so I think strength and condition is huge and I think that's a, a key part of it but even the tactics their awareness what, what their roles are that still has to be carry through with the 17 to 20 year olds through a development strategy as well just very finally we're talking about you know the players and bringing them through what about the, the likes yourself Carlo Brake John McCarthy who you mentioned as well are, are these managers and coaches being kept in the system what, what, what happens for you guys now um, yeah well 
again, it's very similar to the the players as regards. I would hope over the next couple of weeks there's going to be clarity on the development structure. But as coaches, yes, we we certainly would be interested in putting our hands up and, and giving a help out. And over the last couple of years, there's plenty of coaches involved with these. And some people may say that the coaching teams on these squads are big. But like Cahill's strategy, which was a very good strategy, was that he wanted maybe looking at a coach between every 10 players. And, and we would have had 70 or 80 players for the last three or four years. So it got a lot of coaches involved. We all had various roles in what we'd done. And I would assume, and, and I'd be hopeful with all our group, that they're willing to put their hand up again go forward but it all depends on, on what role it is it, it, it's certainly very enjoyable and uh, I suppose when you, when you win like the way it was last Saturday it made it very straightforward to kind of keep involved in that you know but definitely looking at their progression David and seeing the players come through um, like there was a very good bond between the management and the players and, and Cahill would have always led that uh, and, and would always try to have a really good relationship through coaches through players and Look, when you're dealing with young guys that's coming in that really, really want to improve, um, it's a good environment to be working in as well. Absolutely, and I think me, GA would be would be foolish to dispense with the with the talents of the likes of yourself and Cahill O'Brick and, and John McCarthy. Just one final thing, I know there was somebody you wanted to give a, a shout out to there. I mentioned to. Yeah, um, there was just one guy who was in New York with a couple of years ago. His name was David Crosby from Retail. I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know. Yeah, David yeah. has been sick for the last couple of weeks and uh, he had a tough time and, and Katie and the three kids had a tough time over the last number of weeks. And I'd like to wish him well. I know he's a big, big Mead supporter. He was involved with the Mead Miners in 93. I had a, a very good relationship with him when we were in New York for a couple of years. A really, really good Mead man. And I suppose uh, after a tough couple of weeks, he's a real fighter to come through what he has. And I, I'm led to believe that he's in a good place and he's getting better. So I, I, I hope that he's uh, on the road to recovery and still looking forward to see him on the other side of it. Absolutely. And we, we certainly echo that. We wish David all the best. We've had him on the show a couple of times as well. So thanks so much for, for giving him a mention. Listen, David Callaghan, uh, Mead selector and of, of that successful All-Ireland minor winning team. Thanks so much for taking the call. And we'll speak to you again soon. Great. Thanks very much, David. Thank you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.